This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. I'm adopted, so I was always, I was always, uh, I was uh, told from the year dot since I could understand I was adopted. So uh, my parents were brilliant about they constantly would say you're adopted, even when I didn't know I was adopted. So I remember going to national school and when they would do the roll book, they would say, OK, let's get your names. And they would go around the class and, and they'd say, and what's your name? And I'd say, I'm Philip Kampf. And then I'd put my hand up and I'd say, but I'm adopted. And the teacher would always be very helpful. And she said, we'll, we'll put Philip Kampf down anyway. So I always knew that. You know, in many ways, my parents made me think that it was something very special, you know. So it, was, it wasn't it was something that they wanted me to hide or not talk about. And it's always been something that we always spoke about, you know. On the third year in college, RT announced for the first time in a long time that they were going to take in producers. And they were looking for TV and radio producers. And I thought, well, with my radio experience, I'll go, go for radio. So uh, I was 21 at the time. And so I did two or three interviews for RT and it was very formal it was to get into RT was back in those days as a producer was uh, you know it was quite a big deal um i obviously did a very good interview and i got the job well, i got i was offered the course this was great and then halfway through the course the gay burn show which was the gay burn hour up to that point became the gay burn show two hours so they needed to recruit new producers for that show so they came among the uh, they came among the the course and they looked at all the pupils and they picked myself and, and Julie Parsons from the course to join the the Gay Burn show so essentially at 21 I was a producer on the Gay Burn show that was possibly the most influential in terms of learning that was the that was the real crash course but also something that would stick to me to this day you know the the, the two key people in it were obviously Gay Burn but the uh, series producer at the time was a, a man called John Cadden. Really th- taught me about, you know, um, what is a story and what isn't a story, you know. Himself and Gayburn truly believed that it was much better to put on a record than have a boring interview. There's probably a lot of people listening right now saying, please put on a record, <laughs> right? But So it meant that any interview that was on the show was there, it was justifiable, you know. what You weren't just filling time. There was no greater feeling than having an item on the Gay Burn show and and Gay saying that's a great item, you know. And actually the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate accolade was you go, you get an item on the Gay Burn show and then Gay would say, I think we need them for the late, late on Friday. And that literally you would be, you'd be high-fiving it with yourself, you know. You'd go, that's it, I've nailed it, you know. So, so it was those sort of competitive things all the time. A, eager to please, you know, but B, to create that story, made it the, the show that it was. And I, I listened to him on Lyric on, and he's still he's still doing the same stuff, you know, brilliantly passionate, you know. Um, and, and you know, he's fantastic, you know. Nighthawks went out three days a week um, and we each had a show a night. So I'd, I'd probably had Wednesday night. And... Um, Nighthawks was always set in this fictional pub set in RT and it was a brilliant, brilliant idea um, that uh, David Blake Knox had. Brie McLaughlin was the series producer at the time when I was doing it and basically John Waters had just brought out this book called Jiving at the Crossroads which was a was a bestseller and and it was a sort of really hip book at the time, you know, and, and Nighthawks being a hip show and myself and Shay got talking about it and we thought wouldn't it be great if we moved the 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 show for the first time 
to where this book was set in John Waters' hometown in Roscommon, in this in this pub. We go to a pub. Um, one of the sort of main characters in in John's book was Sean Doherty. He sort of described the life of a rural TD and and. Um, so Sean Doherty obviously was high on our guest list and so basically we decided to decamp to Roscommon where we do this show in this pub called Hell's Kitchen and on the night we, I remember we'd Charlie McGetting and singing songs and anyway we'd, when we'd our RT crew down there but the, the pub was rammed I think it was probably rammed probably par- obviously partly because Nighthawks was there but really rammed too because Sean Doherty was coming you know and he was the I think he was the Cahirlick of the Shannon at the time and so he arrived at the special branch and came in. And at that point, the pub literally was heaving. Um, there were people dancing on tables. And we were really getting worried that, you know, it's so noisy now. Are we actually going to get a show out of this, you know? And we were recording. I think we were recording on a Friday night. And it was going out the following Wednesday. So it was quite risky that we had to get a show. Anyway, so, you know, Charlie McGetting and sang a song. And we interviewed someone else. And we interviewed John Waters. And then it came to the interview with Sean Doherty and... So Shay sat down with Sean Doherty and they were doing the interview, but the pub was so noisy, we couldn't hear anything, you know? So obviously Sean was mic'd up and did the interview and said the thing that, that how he knew about the phone tapping. Um, but at the time, if you look at it, cause Shay, we didn't hear it, right? So he said it and I think he said, he might have said it twice, right? But we didn't hear it because it was literally so noisy. And I kept saying to the sound man, are you getting anything? And he kept saying, it's very noisy. I think I can, I think we get, we've got something, you know? Anyway, so the interview wrapped and, you know, Shay was there saying, I couldn't, you know, it's very noisy. I couldn't really hear a thing, you know? And anyway, Sean Doherty kept saying that was a good interview. And we were going, oh, yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then, so at that point, anyway, closing time was a, was a, was a reality in Ireland those days, and and obviously the at that stage having the special branch and Sean Doherty in the pub that was now past closing time wasn't not the greatest thing in the world. So Sean Doherty said, "Look, the hotel we're staying in up the road, he's managed to open up the bar up there. Do we all want to go up there for a chat?" Right. So, so I remember we we drove up um, with behind the special branch back up to the hotel, and then that night. Sean Doherty kept coming over and he kept saying, now I'm going to be in Spain for the next two weeks, but um, if you need to contact me, but, you know, the, the, I've said something tonight that I haven't said before. And at that point, like it was two o'clock in the morning, we were going, ah, yeah, don't worry, we'll get something out of it. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so, so anyway, we got back to Dublin the next day and we looked at the tapes and then Shay said, God, I think this, we have something here that has never been said before. So Shay got Bruce Arnold in to look at it. And then Bruce Arnold said, yeah, no, that's never been said before. And then by, as soon as the show went down Wednesday night, hockey was gone. God, did I feel an idiot. <laughs> like in terms of me going out and researching a story and getting a scoop, I didn't. You know, I went out to make a show about John Waters' book, you know, and Sean Doherty turned up and did what he did. The pub was so noisy you couldn't hear your, you couldn't hear a word, you know. And 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 because Shay barely didn't really hear it, you know. So it's it, when you watch it go out, you just hear Shay go, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of in terms of uh, 
<laughs> like if you think of all the years that Brian Farrell and people like that on Today Tonight tried and tried and tried, like the amount of current affairs producers who were giving us daggers looks for weeks afterwards because we'd brought Hockey down and we didn't even know it. <laughs> My early days as a rookie producer on the Gay Burn show, uh, there was a weekend where there's a big country music festival on down in Cork. And for whatever reason, the Late Late Show couldn't get Johnny Catch. He was down there with Billy Joe Spears and they couldn't get him. And John Cadden said to me, is there any way you could go to Cork and see could we get him for Monday? It was a bank holiday weekend. He said, I know it was a Friday. Just go down and see can you get Johnny Cash, which was sort of an impossible task. No agent to talk to or whatever. But anyway, for whatever reason, I did go down and found out that he was staying in the jury's hotel, went in and Billy Joe Spears was at the bar, spoke to Billy Joe and she said, come on. And she brought me out and I met I met Johnny Cash and his wife, June. And I said, is there any way at half eight tomorrow morning you'd come up to Ortiz, Father Matthew Street studio and do an interview? And he said, yes. And the following morning, an, an empty Ortiz court, because it was Bank Holiday Monday, one sound man in walked Johnny Cash and his wife, June Carter, and Billy Joe. And I was able to ring up Gay and say, I have them here, Gay. <laughs> Not a victory! As sure as night is dark and day is light, I keep you on my mind both day and night. And happiness I've known proves that it's right Because you're mine, I walk the line You've got a way to keep me on your side You give me cause for love that I can't hide for you I know I'd even try to turn the tide Because you're mine, I walk the line I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds Because you're mine, I walk the line Thanks for listening to this Newstalk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.